Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I'm Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Better Call Saul, Season 3, Episode 5, it's called Chicanery, full spoilers for the episode, as always. Halfway through, Connor, we're, we're, this is half the season done now. Don't say that. <laughs> don't, don't make me think about how little we've got left. These seasons go in super quick, I remember doing this last year as well, but it just kind of felt like it was, it was done, that's my cats knocking things over in the distance, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, hopefully not wrecking the house, but yeah, I just I remember this last year like things got in super quick, and then again yeah. this year it's like oh wait we're halfway through, damn yeah it's what yeah mm. I but uh, needless to say it was a good episode <laughs> as always at this point yeah pretty much well obviously we got a lot of making gus last week this week it focused no this is Saul this is Chuck this is the case the yeah. hearing. And this is it, and that's what it felt. Everything I was about that, everything was building up to it, and then of course the actual hearing itself. Everything was about that, so it was very focused. And obviously, we start with a flashback. Uh, once again, we see Rebecca, who we've not seen in a while. In fact, I think we've only really seen her the one time. That that one episode that you know gave mm. us that other flashback that introduced her, and we got to see her have dinner with Jimmy and and Chuck. Yeah. And but this was post breakup. This was, and. We, even now, it didn't really quite answer why they split up. I mean, I guess it's hinted that she wanted to do this career. She wanted to go travelling with, uh, or I think it was her book. Did she think she was doing book mm. tour? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe having her, what she's actually doing, mixed up. But, like, so maybe, maybe that was why. But I think the why is not maybe, at least right now, not necessarily important. Mm. Uh but we see, because right at the start, like they're doing this this whole this whole charade, like they're get they're preparing the house, and we're like, okay, what are they preparing the house for? And you think, and at first you think, oh, this is just when he first got his illness, and he's that's what it looks like yeah. at first, yeah. And he's like uh, getting things ready, he's taking the outlets out, he's making sure the lights are gone, all that kind of stuff. But but then Saul has a line that made me sort of just sort of sit up a bit. He went, all right, you know that. He talks about how, uh, like, sometimes, like, the bigger the lie is, the like the easier it is to fall or something like that. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's a lie. He's helping yeah. Chuck pull a fast one on some someday. That this is interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, and just for a second, you go, is the illness a lie? Yeah, like, is the illness to? And then, of course, as it goes on, you realise, oh no, he wants to hide his illness to his yeah. to his ex-wife, to Rebecca. He he's he's pretending, and it's it's going all well. And I think, obviously, just thematically from what's been going on recently this scene really works because it's another example of Saul helping his brother like in every way possible he uses his own smarts to help him because yep. he, here he needs help to deceive someone and you know Who's Saul yeah Saul's <laughs> man number one for that uh, and then what I loved as well is it, it played the whole thing like a, a horror movie for Chuck when mm. so so Rebecca's phone rings they're having a nice dinner they're, they're talking they're reminiscing about old times and Rebecca's phone rings, and what, what I just love the way this was shot because the blue glow of the phone was so pronounced in this because everything was all warm and soft, it was all candlelit and you know gas lanterns. Everything had a very warm orange look to it, and then this just harsh blue light off the phone on her face it stands out so much. It really does. And then she walks. She's just, and she's just casually having a. She's not. Not knowing anything's going on, she's casually having a conversation, but she's walking over towards Chuck, and the strings are going like a horror movie, and Chuck's like, mm, try yeah, to and we get we get a few shots from his perspective, where yeah, everything's yeah. kind of like fuzzy and double vision and stuff like that. Yeah, double vision, I, I sort of deteriorate, you know, uh, kind of thing where it's yeah, it's shimmering almost, mm. and uh, but the, the whole scene, obviously, he eventually like grabs the phone out of her hand and 
throws it across throws the room. It. And, he, and Saul's like, I'm going to go tell her. She's going to think you're a dickhead. And he's like, no, you will not tell her. And he's like, he's adamant she doesn't want her to know. Yeah, because obviously she's on the phone. She keeps coming closer, not realising. She's yeah. just following him into the other room. And, and Jimmy's there going, hey, hey Rebecca. Uh, and she's like, no, shut up, not now. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's really trying to go, hey, do you want to come this way? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just as simple as, oh, do you want to go to like, the study, maybe? Have some privacy? You know, you yeah. can suggest you something like that. Uh, Chuck overreacts, obviously, though, and throws it across the room. As it, Chuck is wont to do. Uh, do you know what I loved about this episode, though? This episode basically paid off two and a half seasons of, of, of like, because this illness came up, and right from the very start, we're like, is this a real thing? Is this something that's actually a thing? And we weren't sure. And then they have scenes with the doctors, like, you know, Saul, we can't really diagnose this it's not really a thing and the doctor at one point actually tries to talk Saul into putting him into a home and he turns him down and that was obviously a big part of like Saul being there for his brother doing above and beyond for his brother yeah and and there's always been times where you notice that he reacts better than others like I think Mm -hmm. as recently as um when Saul broke into the house and you know when he was sat outside waiting for the the police yeah and Chuck comes out to him and talks to him and he's completely fine because he's in the moment yeah uh, and all because obviously I think the, the episode does a really good job of like seeing things because he sees Saul go to the vet that you know that Mike's been seeing for you know since season one, and we have a little debate about the fish and <laughs> the, uh, giving it room to breathe. I'm sure there's a metaphor in there with the fish. Probably. Well, I mean, it was about having space, wasn't it? That yeah. It was in too small a space. So. Yeah. Yeah. Humans get fat. Fish drown in their food, so you can't feed it too much. Yeah. Being uh, trapped in in a, in a small environment, and there's yeah, yeah. I that's, mean, I guess that's kind of salt at the minute. He's kind of trapped in the case. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I just with, with this show, I just I assume to look for the. There, there's always something, yeah. isn't there? Uh, and it, it kept playing like a horror movie for the the, the electricity stuff because you know uh, the scene where Chuck comes into the 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 sort of the hearing room for the first time with the lawyer and with the. Uh, uh, and it Tamlin. just focuses on the red exit sign. Yeah, the red neon sign. You hear the buzz, you know, that, that neon yeah. buzz that you hear when you're close to a light. And it, it sort of focuses. And they bring it up, and he's like, oh, no, we can't turn them off. It's, it's regulation. And he's like, oh, no, that's, that's fine. Uh, but now, so, so Saul goes to, goes to the vet, and he's like, oh, I need a guy who can, you know, be very covert, you know, quiet, sleek, get in and out kind of thing. And, okay, I, I'm assuming he's going to either steal something or plant something on Chuck at this point. And we see the guy do the thing. We see him bump into him in the uh, in the courthouse. Yeah, it's it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, he's on a bit slimmer though. Well, I mean, it's a bit earlier in time. He, he's no, but I just mean from the, the perspective of the actor, he's he's lost some weight. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he he bumps up and he he gives it. I mean, obviously, as soon as he bumps into him, I'm like, right, okay. But you see that smell afterwards, it confirms it. All right, that was the that was the that, that was the plan. Yeah. But you still don't know exactly what the plan is. It, it plays at this very okay. You can probably make some guesses, but we're not telling you until it happens. And obviously, honestly, up until it happened, my my guess was that it was actually a full phone, and I thought it was going to ring. I thought I thought because he kept looking over at uh, Francesca. And the, yeah, and like you, you were expecting yeah. to like give her the nod and ring. Yeah, and she was going to ring the phone, and the phone was going to go off and make Chuck look a fool. I thought that's what was going to happen. You know, when, when she left the room to go and get Huel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. obviously she had to put her phone in as well. So I thought she was going to go out and use someone's phone out there. Yeah, no. Um, I, I, I was I was thinking that. I was thinking all these things. Uh, obviously, let's not gloss over Chuck rehearsing his uh, testimony. Yeah, and be like, no, that, that's too cold. 
Yeah, and it's like, no, you doing this at all is cold. This, all of this <laughs> is cold and calculated. Yeah. But he, he like, so that that's all playing out. And it, Rebecca shows up, and it's like, oh, Rebecca in present day? Whoa, this is this is a new thing for us. We're not seeing this. She comes out, and you're like, oh, man, what's all playing at? Because Kim even says to him outside, like, when they have that break, he's like, she's going to hate you after this. It's like, yep. And at this point, he's not caring, though. At this point, yeah. it, it kind of shows you what this betrayal's done to Saul. But yeah. how, how much this has broken him, is it? Because he would have done it. We've seen him at the start of the episode in the flashback trying to repair their marriage. He went to these lengths to help his brother. He cares about the people he cares about, for the people he yeah. loves. It's... But but now he's just to the point where it's he's got to do this for himself. He's got to. Yeah. It's the only way he can see to get out of this. And honestly, I can't blame him because Chuck has went to. And it's it's kind of the perfect thing is is they're going through the hearing and, uh, obviously the the prosecution questions Chuck and asks him a bunch of questions and he gives all these candid answers and all these you know very structured, clear things, and then Saul's like, oh no, Kim's not going to interview you. I'm going to do it, and. Mm. He he goes up. He starts asking these questions, and he's constantly being like, oh, "Objection! That's straying from this. What's the you know relevance of that?" And it keeps going. And then you know the guy from a uh, timeless uh, is like, yeah. oh, "No, no, no, we'll we'll allow it." But you're on thin ice, Mister McGill, yeah. uh, and it's all playing out. And what I loved is there's the moment where Chuck, like, so, Chuck thinks he knows what Saul's doing, and he thinks Saul's just enact his entire plan. He's like, oh, he's trying to get a reaction out of me. This is the the desperate attempts that he goes to. And he, he calls him on. He thinks he's a step ahead of him. Yeah. He, he thinks he's got him. And then you see where Saul's going with it. Because he starts talking about, oh, so you'd react if there was electricity near you. He's like, so what's the nearest thing in this room right now? Yeah. And, so and, and at this point, Chuck gets it as well. Because he's like, okay, so you've got something in your pocket. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I know where you're going with this. Nah, and Saul pulls out the phone. And then he opens it, there's no battery, and then everyone like, oh, you're that Saul trying to be a trickster again, trying to pull one on over us. Yeah, yeah, he's just trying to see if he'd react, even though there's nothing there. Yeah, and then he's like, check your pocket, and it's like, yeah, that's been there for, you know, two, Hour nearly two hours. Yeah, yeah, see, it was very helpful with the exact time, but essentially <laughs> almost two hours, it's been in there, and you never noticed, you never reacted, you've been sitting there fine. Mm. Uh, but So not only does that, obviously that works to rile him up which it does and that that, because i was kind of expecting the end of this episode to be that moment where he finally loses his shit and he realizes he's just lost his shit and that's exactly what happens he goes on to a tirade about him and how but as he does he makes it about him about him not wanting to be known as making a mistake he talks about it couldn't have been me i couldn't have changed that yeah and he goes into all that stuff and everyone's staring at him and it's, ha- it's the moment where, it, where he says to the the, the prosecution, like, going, uh, and all the the people there going, you know, I, I should have stopped him being a lawyer. You can do that. You have to do that. And it's just it's just this shows how personal a vendetta it is for him. Yeah. It's not about this. Yeah, it's petty. It's personal, and he he showed it, and it all builds up to this, and it works as a climax, not only in terms of what's going on right now, in terms of a case, but the fact that we've known about this illness and been questioning, is it real or not? And the fact that Saul's been sticking up for him, the fact that Saul used this against him, proved that this is bullshit, this is in your head. Yeah, uh, I do believe the only reason he used it against him is because Chuck admitted that he played it up for the sake of the confession. Like, he, he said, no, I used it, but I, I exaggerated it just because I knew he'd react that way. Yeah, and, and it works really it's doubly well because the the whole room, like they've made 
you know, accommodations for him. They've taken down the clock, which, by the way, I love. Throughout the whole hearing before we got to Chuck, the clock was there, and there was, there was a couple of shots where it showed the reflection on the clock and stuff like that. Mm. But when it was time for Chuck to come in, they took the clock down, and it was almost like they were saying, all right, now time's standing still, because it's the main event. Yeah, time's up. Yeah, uh, that's, that's what it really felt like to me. Uh, so, But they've all made accommodations. They've all put their phones in these, these poly bags that they've taken out of the room, and like they've put through so much effort to make him feel comfortable and there it is. It's it's a lie. It's it's a fallacy. Yeah. The the only question that remains is is it a lie or does he believe it? Or is it mental illness or is it just something he's putting on? There's a difference still. Oh, there's a difference, but I, I think I think either one discredits them here. It does, because yeah. if it's mental illness, then it's just, well, you're not in full possession of your, your mental capacity and you know, we have to call into question your judgment and it's like, okay, you could have made a mistake. And if it's a lie, well, the obvious. So simple credibility just goes out yeah. the window. Yeah. Uh, so he's kind of damned either way at this point. Yeah. Uh, all, all the stuff before that was great as well, though. Them playing the tape and like, because I don't think Kim's heard it this the tape yet. So she Kim, hasn't. No. Yeah. So Kim's sitting there and hearing like Saul say, oh, "I did it for Kim. Kim worked hard for this. She earned it. She deserves this." Uh, yeah. She just gives that little glance over towards him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like this, oh, this is really awkward, but I appreciate the words. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so that, that was a really nice moment for them. Uh, that was great. One, one little subtle thing I liked in the acting as well, it was, uh, so Hamlin gets interviewed, I don't know if it was first, but he gets interviewed, and the prosecution interviews him, gives all the facts, and then Kim goes up, up to interview him. And what I like about this is the moment where she's stepping up to interview him, there's just this smug look in Hamlin's face. It's like, ah, oh, the, the prodigal daughter is coming to yeah. think she can do this to me. I'm, I trained her. Uh, yeah. But then there's a great moment when it's finished and she sits down and then Hamlin's left and we get the whole shot of him getting up and leaving the stand and walking past her and he just, you know, he looks so, just, he's buttoning his jacket, he's just so stern and wants to know that he's not been phased but he has been phased and it's... Yeah. It's, he, it's, inside he's going, I taught her too well. <laughs> but like, I, I think this is what works with like courtroom scenes like this when they're done well is if you buy all the characters and you buy the acting and it is this game of like trying to get people to talk about things you're waiting for that that turn and chuck feels like the really formidable opponent who knows his stuff really well yeah well that's the thing is it's different to a regular courtroom thing where you know you have the the, the general people and then the lawyers everyone in in the room is a lawyer, <laughs> is a lawyer. they yeah. all know exactly what's going on they're all very good lawyers as well and they all know how to play the game yeah that which makes makes it a very interesting sort of the way it plays out. Just because, because you get because one of the things that stuck out to me is at one point, like Kim stands up and shouts objection for something. You know, probably a couple of different things. And all I can think, well, the other lawyer knows what is valid and not. So they're playing the game by slipping it in before she says objection. They all know what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's just to see what can they get away with every so often. Yeah, because. And- I think one of my uh, was it the night of or was it something else? I can't remember, but there was a courtroom scene where uh, you know so- someone made a case about something, and then the the ju- the judge said, "No, no, uh, jury, ignore that, uh, throw that out." And then, but the, but then it's like, but we know they won't. It's still in their minds. Yeah, it's yeah. Still, it was... they've been. They can't disregard it. Yeah, how, how they can, know it. How can the jury forget it? They can't. It's there. Even if the judge has said that, it's still in their heads. I remember watching this. Maybe it was Night Of. It may have been Night Of. It may have been something before it's that. It's definitely but, something we've watched. Yeah. Uh, 
and I, I think that that even though there's no jury per se, it's just a it's just a board. It's a board of uh, from the yeah. bar, but the, the idea that they can't just ignore, even though they know they should, but they you know, once it's there, it's, it's it's in their minds. Then it's impossible to get rid of it entirely. It's still always going to have some effect, even if they consciously try to ignore it. Yeah, but while it as well as Hamlin brings up some really good points, like when he has that that meeting with Chuck before. It sort of brings up that um, you know, maybe you shouldn't come in and like you know take the stand because, like, those files should be secured at our you know our headquarters, at our offices, where there's security, where there's these things, but they were at your house. Like, yeah, it was like yeah, J- Jimmy came in and stole them, and that was bad, and that's on him, but they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, that that, that that's broke protocol because you. You have you well, you know, have this condition, um, and we accommodate that condition. But like, it brings up that you know, it, it's not a hundred percent. Like you know, they should never have been there to be taken. So part of this is maybe that we shouldn't be giving you out files. And obviously, Chuck shrugs it off. And again, it's, we talked a lot, a lot last week about his hubris and how he's like, no, 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 confident. Rest of it, uh, it's not a case of that. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting, but the whole thing played out very, very edgy. Your seat, you're waiting for him to slip up. You're hoping that Saul's got the, the the trick up his sleeve that he's he's waiting to unleash. And how satisfying is it when Chuck finally breaks? You know, when he finally so goes off on that rant, it's just oh. Well, because the great thing finally the camera does this great thing where it goes right up into his face, and you don't see the reaction of anyone else in the room, but you feel uncomfortably close. Like he's, yeah. it's like someone who's telling you too much, but you don't want to hear it. You know, it's like your, it's like your parents starting to talk about how you were conceived. You don't want to hear it, but <laughs> you feel like they're right in your face, and you can almost feel the spit hitting you. It's like, ah, oh, shut up! It has yeah. that feeling to it, that awkwardness. And then when he finishes, and he looks around, and he sees the monster, and he realizes he's just made himself the credibility, his own credibility. Yeah, yeah, just tanked. He, he, he kind of catches himself towards the end. He doesn't finish, and he tries. He, he, try, he, he realizes yeah. what he's saying. He's like, oh shit! And he tries to damage control. He's like, yeah. oh, I've went off track, I apologise, and he tries to go back into lawyer mode, but he knows that the damage is done. He yeah. sits there. He knows it's too late, and obviously we don't actually see the result, but... Well, no, we, we finish on a close-up again of the exit sign with him in the frame, Yeah. and just the awkward hum cut to credits. Yeah. I mean, as much as I said, yeah, I was kind of expecting the end of the episode to be when he, he messes up and realises he messed up, and that would be the end. I'm not disappointed that that's exactly what I got because it was, <laughs> it was executed to perfection. So yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um, it does make me interested, though. Like, we've had this hearing. Now, obviously, there'll be some fallout. It's not just going to be a squeaky clean exit. But, like, we've kind of done this plot now, this this tape plot. This, I, I guess yeah. it becomes now, what do they do with Chuck? Is, is Jimmy now his legal guardian again? Because... He was looking after him. Uh, well, yeah, I guess this would also actually establish, you know, if he does have uh, a mental illness, then he would have to have a carer, you know, someone to mm-hmm. do these things. If he's not in full possession of his of his capabilities, he has to have someone to do those things. You know, like we got back at the time when he was in the hospital, and it was, you know, like, okay, you can take control and you can do this, but now it's going to have to because it's not just physical anymore. I wonder if we'll see like when he first got this condition in a flashback at some point. It feels like the sort of prime thing they might touch. Yeah, upon. yeah. Because I was almost wondering if that's what they were going with. At the, you know, the start of this one where mm. it, it was going like, "Oh, there, this is very early on," but it's not quite as early as it looked. Yeah, 
because I, I think the whole thing because because they ask did, did this happen soon after your divorce did your divorce cause it and he's like no no our, our divorce was very amicable and they're still good friends but I still think it might have been a divorce though because as much mm. as he's he's playing strong and he's saying oh it didn't affect me we we are still in good terms and that that's true they are in relatively good terms like it, he still might not have wanted to have the divorce he still might have wanted to keep things the way they were uh, yeah and hey I'm gonna go one step deeper here maybe his resentment of Jimmy doing his own thing kind of stems from his marriage where if if they had to eventually split up because she wanted to do her own thing and that involved travelling and she wasn't just going to be the wife while he was the big shot lawyer like you know that's interfering with his so maybe Jimmy becoming his carer with this condition kind of locked Jimmy into this position by, by, by him going off and doing his own lawyer thing and being bigger mm. and more successful would mean he's not going to be able to do that so maybe he's just scared of the person close to him leaving and if he does he wants to now obviously not just that we we definitely have the resentment and the the belief that he doesn't belong because he brings up the stealing the money from the the register again yeah. uh, when you know from his parents store and all that but I think that maybe ties into it this whole you know the person who's with me and closest to me is leaving to do their own thing yeah it's it's almost a dependency issue where yeah. he he gets so accustomed to having this person there and being helping and then then it's it's the expectation that they should give up their life to help him basically hmm. Which is it's very selfish in that sense. Yeah, I think that's. <laughs> oh dear! Actually, I love just to go back to that scene where uh, him and Hamlin talking. Hamlin, you know, brings up the you know the valid reasons why maybe, you know, this hurts the the reputation of the firm because the the documents were at your house. I like that when Chuck sort of leaves and he's like, "Oh no, it's fine, it's gone," uh, and it will actually linger on a shot of Hamlin just standing, in the, in the room by himself. Just, yeah. just, and and obviously the lights are all turned off. There's just the sunlight hitting them. He's, he's just basically Chuck's just left him standing in the dark. Mm. Literally left him standing in the dark. Like he doesn't care about Hamlin or the firm. And right now, I mean, I'm not saying he's never cared about the firm because obviously he does. Uh, but I think right now, no, this is purely personal. This is not about. Yeah, it's it, this whole thing with with Jimmy has blinded him to anything else. He he can't. It's it's literally an obsession. Yeah, he can't think about anything but it. He's ignoring everything else, everything that he would normally care about, and Hamlin's just brought up a very valid point, which you know I, I could see as well. I could completely understand where Hamlin was coming from. It's, it's a very mm. valid point. Whereas instead, Chuck looks at it going, "Are you betraying me? Almost? It's yeah. Like, are, are you really doing this now? You're worried about the firm instead of this? Yeah. Because he thinks everyone should have this same view that he does of of this obsession. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, the, the the moment that Kim really got Hamlin, because because uh, she was bringing up how. Oh, we didn't want to hire uh, Jimmy out of nepotism. Uh, you know, fear of nepotism. We thought it would create bad morale. <laughs> and she's like, wait, there's two Hamlins in the name. Who is the other Hamlin? He's like, my father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He knows exactly where she's going with it, but he has to answer it. Yeah. He's like, damn, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was pretty, that was pretty funny. Uh, but no, uh, solid episode. Everything was very focused. It, it did so much... Well, I wouldn't even say it did so much. I mean, it did a lot for the characters, but it, it it culminated so much for the characters. I think is more the point. Yeah, this this felt like this could have been the end of a season instead of the middle. It, it yeah, it does. Uh, it almost feels like the first two and a half seasons were one long season, one long continuous story. And that's not to say mm. that it'll feel like we're having a fresh start next episode. I'm sure things will nicely. Yeah, it's obviously going to play out from this, but there's yeah. got to be a new plot to go forward with Chuck. It, it can't be this tape, this case, this disbarment, you know. I mean, how long since Jimmy doctored those documents? That was, you know, middle-ish season two, towards the end. 
Uh, yeah, it's about two thirds then, I'd say. Yeah, that's still you know, eight, nine episodes in a row that this plot alone has been going out twenty-five. Yeah, uh, I, I think the obvious route, of course, is like, do, do they try to commit him? Do, do what, you know what do they do to Chuck? What is the choice? Uh, maybe, and maybe the like the bar really don't have a say in that, but it's just it's discredited them. So then, what does Hamlin do? Hamlin's the one who has to deal with them. And and how does he cope with it? Because if if he did believe that it was a physical condition. How does he cope with the fact that going, no, this is actually is mental and he, it's just been proved to him. Does he try and deny it or does he just have to accept that and work through it? I don't think he'll, I, I think Hamlin's a pretty reasonable, smart guy. I, I think now that it's been proved to him, I think if anything, I think he's going to feel really awkward with Chuck and feel like he's, feel like he's been like kind of, not, not fooled, Maybe filled, but like just in the sense that he's been enabling this for so long and he's been making all these accommodations, he's going to feel like I've been putting everything at risk based on yeah. someone who has a mental illness. And there's nothing wrong with having a mental illness. Lots of people have mental illness. But this is a mental illness where it's been hidden and it's been perceived to be a different thing for a long time. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's not that he has a mental illness. It's that in his position, does this affect his judgment? Yeah, and it was funny because Chuck brings up all you know. He talks about AIDS and HIV and how oh, they weren't you know considered a thing until you know eighty two, eighty three. All you know when he was yeah. talking about it, and I was thinking, well, yeah, but I don't think any of the doctors at the time were trying to say, oh, there was not a physical, like they could see evidence that something was happening. There's clearly a disease or a virus, mm. a reaction is happening in the body. Whereas with him, it's like there's no physical evidence that anything is happening to you, which is what implies that it's mental. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Uh, um, but no, uh, really, really, really strong stuff. Uh, riveting, uh, one Indeed. may say. Because uh, you keep waiting, like, because they mentioned at one point, oh, the plane's late. It's like, a plane? I thought he was planting something with a pickpocket. It was, was this plane yeah, yeah. business? Like, Where's this coming from? And What's then, this? Know, it's part up, of the plan. And then she walks in, you think, oh, is this his end game? He's like, no, nah, but he's still got the pickpocket. And then the pickpocket comes into it. Like, the whole thing, it just keeps escalating. And you're just waiting for it to flip. Uh, so no, expertly directed uh, as per usual uh, and expertly written and acting of course was uh, I mentioned little ticks from a Hamlin and stuff yeah. uh, but no, re- really but they are especially key in this episode where it's, I mean the back half of the episode was all in that room yeah, it's, it's them talking to each other the acting has to be exceptional yeah. and luckily for the show it pretty much always <laughs> it is, is yeah. so uh, can't I'm actually surprised Vince Gilligan didn't direct this one. Mm. But yeah, I know what you mean. That said, he's got a good team of directors, clearly, so it doesn't really matter. It's not, it's not like we. Yeah. It's not like some other shows where we. It's not like Twin Peaks where we say, "Oh, this is a David Lynch episode," and then the rest are okay. But no, yeah, yeah, this is consistently very well directed. Definitely. So now there, there, there we go. Uh, the phenomenal episode of uh, Better Call. So I almost said Breaking Bad there. Well, what a, <laughs> what a Freudian slip. Um. Well, we keep getting more Breaking Bad characters. It's getting harder to recognise it as not the same show. <laughs> I like this one though because it's it's another one that just makes sense. It's like oh, yeah, we already, know he was involved. Yeah, because it's because so, in Breaking Bad he already knew him. He already knew exactly. So it's just like okay, yeah, I, I completely just buy this. Yeah, same so, same with Gus having Victor and things like that, and yeah, these connections. So no. Uh, given how 50-50 is though with Mike's plot and how that's often quite separate I do, I do almost think Better Call Saul is such a good name I understand why they picked it but you almost feel like oh they should have picked something that suited both of them I agree yeah yeah, like Better Call Saul and his friend Mike 
Aye, that's real catchy. <laughs> oh, that has been episode five, season three of Better Call Saul. Uh, really fantastic. Let us know what you thought in the comments below. Uh, if you want to help us out, we did launch a Patreon recently. You can go to patreon.com slash TV. There's some cool bonuses for a bunch of the stuff we do. Uh, but ultimately, you just want to have the satisfaction of helping us out because we, we record a lot of stuff. <laughs> like so much our schedule is so hectic right now uh it's been a puzzle trying to fit things in and some tv shows have actually kind of suffered by late late doings as a result so uh you know i actually get to the point so we're gonna to have to make cuts to no, don't worry it's all safe before it's all safe <laughs> yeah. but we may actually have to start thinking oh what what is doing well in terms of figures because we're actually struggling to fit everything in now uh, but no, so you can help us out by going to Patreon, but you can also help us, of course. Uh, we always appreciate it if you just, you know, watching helps, liking helps, commenting, subscribing, all of that stuff helps. Uh, so you can do all that. Uh, get us on Twitter at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. Individual Twitters are on the screen for everyday ramblings, but that's us, guys. So thanks once again for watching. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>